Welcome to Chapter 10 of the Kinsman Die Podcast, home of fantasy fiction based on Norse mythology that's written and read by me, Matt Bishop. In this podcast, I read my first novel, Kinsman Die, one chapter at a time. Every five chapters, I'll recap the key plot points and provide some insight into the myths I've referenced in the book, as well as some of the creative choices I've made along the way. In Chapter 9, Vidar demonstrated his inexperience as a leader, and that after many years of perhaps avoiding that responsibility, events may now require him to put up or shut up. Vidar also confirmed that it was indeed the Jotun who attacked Halls, burned it down, and sent many of its residents fleeing. In this chapter, we're back with Odin as he takes action to go help his son. And may Eger help any who get in his way. Let's do this. Chapter 10. Odin. And that's all he said, Gulfin, that the Jotun were about to attack Vidar and his warband? Yes, Sigfather, and then he collapsed. So it was the Jotun. After forty winners, they were picking another fight, which made little sense because they could not hope to win it. Yes, Balder said that might happen. He clapped Gulfin on the shoulder. You and Rota did well. Where's Heimdall now? Rota's carrying him back to his house, as you ordered. Good, good. Join her. Take shifts until he wakes. When he does, I want him looking into Utgard. And listening, too. This Vithy invasion may herald a new war. Very good, Allfather. Gulfin thumped his chest in salute and turned to go. Hold a moment, Gulfin. Gulfin was one of his oldest bearsarks. Grizzled, scarred, loyal, terrifying when the spears danced. He had a strong fulgia and had worked out a balance with her. That last, unteachable test of becoming a true bearsark the test that most failed the first time. He indicated the still-gathering Einharar with his chin. What's happened with these men? Have they grown soft, or have I just been gone too long? One of Gulfin's hands came up to smooth his beard. When he spoke, his tone was flat. Two winters after you left, Herser Saglin suspended the requirement that those selected prove themselves on the battlefield. Instead, he created a trial, and he may join the Einharar so long as they pass it. I see. Odin had created the Ain Harar before Gladsame had even been founded. At first, he just intended to honor those in his warband who'd fought on alone when their shieldmates fell. But after dozens of battles across hundreds of passing winters, the ranks of Ain Harar had grown until they'd become a small fighting force of their own, frequently sent out to reinforce Gladsame's army. The trial emphasizes weapons prowess and endurance over the span of several weeks. Many fail, but many pass. Gulfin shrugged and met his eyes. Those who do, join the shields. Most seem proficient, and seem brave enough. No mere trial could recreate what it took for a warrior to keep fighting when the shieldmate beside them fell to a Jotun spear. Being Einharar wasn't about being the best with weapons or being able to run farther or faster. It was about continuing when others gave up. Einharar never gave up. Training might expose that vein, but no one knew how deep it ran until the moment when, faced with impossible odds, a small voice inside each warrior said, No, not me. Odin nodded. Gulfin had made his point. And your fellow bearsarks, where are they? Rota and I are here, of course. Bruni and Aldis went to Alfheim at Freyr's request. Kolbrander still guards the breach with the army. Alfheim? Yes, Valfather. Several Alvar villages were sacked. Freyr feared that the Svartalvar had returned. He requested our help. I sent those we could spare. 
Odin started. There was no chance of Svartalvar attacking. He'd taken them too far away. You don't want Rata and I with you now, Sigfather? Gulfin asked, a brief grin shining through a beard shot through with more gray than Odin recalled. No, I need you here to protect Gladsheim and the Allmother. He gestured toward the hall he'd built for the Einherar. And because I'm taking these warriors with me. Once I give the Hairseer the kick he clearly needs. The massive, iron-banded main doors of the Einherar Hall were thrown wide. Odin strode inside without breaking pace. The light of the midday sun puddled on the wide floor planks. When the city was founded, these floors had been ash and dirt. The hall's bowels were poorly lit with reflected light from the polished shields suspended from the rafters, the shield of each Einherar who had died since Odin had created the group. Sagland, the current Einherar hairseer, loomed over a table set to the right of the entrance. Tall and thick-set, Saglin held a long stick with a curve at the end. Tied down at one end of the table was a thick roll of what Odin presumed were maps. Three Einherar stood with their hair seer. By their bearing, Odin assumed they were being groomed to lead as killers. They were young, probably scampering children when he'd ridden out of Gladsheim twenty winters ago. They were all muttering over carved markers and polished stones, pointing at some even as Saglin pushed them around with his long stick, grouping some while sending others off to another spot on the map. So engrossed in their task were the men that they took a moment to realize he was there. Shock leaped to the Kjolers' faces. Leave us, Odin said to the three Kjolers, his gaze fixed on Sagland. He could almost taste their hesitation as they first glanced at their hair seer. To his credit, Sagland immediately made a sharp gesture toward the door. You heard the Sigfather. Odin wasn't surprised that they had first looked to Sagland. He was the only hairseer they'd ever known, while they'd only known tales of Odin. That would change soon enough. The Kjolers saluted and faded back across the hall. My apologies for that, Sigfather. How may I be of service? Odin gestured at the markers. What are all these? he asked, even though it was obvious. They show the locations of all Einherar warbands, Sigfather. There were four markers on the square denoting Gladsheim. My ravens fly west even as we speak, Odin said. They've made no report of Einhara riding to Vithi. Saglin cleared his throat. Ah, no, Sigfather. The Allmother ordered a warband sent when the bird from Vithi arrived. That was this morning, Hersir. You might remember because I had just arrived back in Gladsheim. With respect, Sigfather, it takes time to ready a warband and move others into new positions to cover the gap. And as I had not yet received confirmation from the garrison in western Vithi, you doubt my son's word or his need? Saglin paled, even in the poor light. No, Sigfather, I was awaiting word while I moved the Einhara garrisons around to ensure that all of the districts were... Odin held up a hand. Has the army or the Einhara at the breach reported anything else out of the ordinary? No, Sigfather, but the midday bird has not yet arrived. It is possible, given the attack in Vithi, that the Jotun massed out of sight of the breach and have already attacked. I thought it prudent to wait for the bird before dispatching warbands from Gladsheim. Odin held Saglin's gaze for a long moment. The man had aged well, stocky but not run to fat, no stoop or palsy in the hands, beard going gray, but so was his own. Who commands the Einherar, Sagland? You do, of course, Sigfather. And in my absence? Harfrig, 
the All-Mother. And the All-Mother ordered a warband sent to Vithi, did she not? Yes, Sigfather, but prudence. Odin leaned in, and Saglin fell silent. Get outside, and get those Einherar moving, Hersir. I want a column formed and ready to ride before Saul's shadow shifts another hand's breadth. And you will ride with us, I think, with me. I want to see how these new Einherar perform. Saglin's face stiffened into a mask. Yes, Sigfather. Odin rummaged through his satchel and withdrew a pair of silver shears and a spindle. When he held it up to the sunlight, the witch thread glowed yellow. His wolves, Freki and Geri, sat before him, pink tongues lolling as they waited. He unspooled a double arm's length of thread, snipped it, and replaced both spindle and shears in the satchel while holding the length of thread to one side. The strand of witch thread floated in the breeze. Pinching one end of the thread between thumb and forefinger, while holding the other to his lips, Odin focused his mind and sang. Like fire on a ship's rope, a golden glow ran down the thread. When the entire length was alight, he flung one end through Freki's chest. His fingers danced and the thread looped back around to pierce Geri's back and emerge from his chest. Odin caught that end and tied it to the other. As he did, the wolves' gray fur shimmered gold. Go now, he whispered into their minds. Clear the road through the city to the sundown gates. Then head to Vithi, and from there, head to Hals. The wolves both woofed and loped off. They would run howling along the looping road, past the train grounds and the large halls atop Gladsame's central hill, descending next to the lower tier and the wide thoroughfare that cut through the city's shops and smithies, weavers and tanneries, wayhouses and markets. And as the road straightened and they drew close to the western gate, they would run past row after row of longhouses like ships packed in a harbor. The first howl reached his ears, long and drawn out in that eerie way of things receding rapidly into the distance. Odin stood, brushed grit from his knees, and grinned when a second howl, Gary's, joined his sisters. It was hardly necessary, but Gary enjoined it. He had probably also nipped at someone moving a bit too slow. The folk were out of practice, just like his Einherar. It was time for them all to remember that when the Allfather rode to hunt the Asir's enemies, his wolves ran ahead. Well, folks, that was Chapter 10 of Kinsmen Die. I hope you enjoyed it. Odin has confirmed that the Jotun attacked Halls. Twenty winters earlier, before Odin had left Gladsheim, he had appointed a man named Saglin to lead all of the Einherar. According to Odin's bearsark, Gulfin, Saglin has changed the requirements for becoming an Einherar. Worse still, Saglin appears to be ignoring direct orders from Frigg, something that she mentioned in an earlier episode. Next week will be the second recap episode. There's quite a lot of cool stuff to discuss, from Fulgia and Disir to Bersark, Sather, Visions of the Future, and Odin's Familiars, to name just a few. I'm looking forward to it, and I hope you all are as well. If you're interested in supporting the podcast, I have several requests. First, please leave a review on whatever podcast app or platform you use. They really help. And please share the podcast. That also helps a ton. And finally, please consider supporting my work by buying my books or in some other way. 
likes, follows, Patreon, locals, etc., or just shoot me an email. You can email me at mattbishopwrites at gmail.com. And with that, I will leave you with this thought from the sayings of the High One, Odin himself. And this is the Bellows translation, as always, available on sacred texts. And I would also like to add that these uh, verses on wisdom and Odin's perspective on wisdom, his changing view of what it means to be wise and what it means to have gained wisdom, are pretty key to both understanding his character and also a key part of my journey in writing this series of books and Odin's character arc in particular. Verse 10. A better burden may no man bear for wanderings wide than wisdom. It is better than wealth on unknown ways, and in grief a refuge it gives. <laughs> <laughs>